If you hear this term lead magnet or free offer or freebie or IFO thrown around and you have zero clue what it is, or perhaps you have heard the term, you have a basic understanding, or maybe even you know what it is, but you've yet to create a good one. This podcast episode is for you because I'm going to explain from the top exactly what a lead magnet is, why your travel business needs one, and my top tips for creating a high converting lead magnet for your travel business. Take a seat. It's going to be good. If you're looking to grow a wildly profitable travel business that brings you joy, you'll need a consistent stream of new clients because living client to client is like living paycheck to paycheck. I'm your host, Sandra McLemore, wife, mother, travel TV host, and very successful business owner. But my story didn't start out that way. You see, I had just quit my job in corporate America with no backup plan and no new job. I thought that an entrepreneur was a rich person with a new idea, and I certainly wasn't rich. Little did I know I was about to take $40 out of my pocket, plant it with some coffee and confidence, and grow it into a seven-figure business. In this podcast, I'll share with you every single problem and solution that has crossed my desk. You'll learn tactics and strategies that you can implement into your business today. I'm about to help you start and scale the travel business of your dreams. Welcome to the Travel Marketing and Media Podcast. So my friends, the lead magnet thing, I'm just going to tell you, I had zero idea what a lead magnet was, despite having worked in marketing almost my entire career and despite having done marketing for some of the biggest companies, biggest travel brands in the world. And you're probably thinking, well, God, she can't be that good. How could that possibly be? And a lot of it's because there wasn't a focus on email marketing. Now, lead magnets only became important when email marketing became important. And that's something that's really important to know because if you haven't been email marketing focused or if you are yet to start email marketing, that's probably why you haven't had any emphasis on a lead magnet. So don't worry about it if you're suddenly thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so late to the game. If you haven't been doing email marketing, that's probably why you're not quite sure about a lead magnet because they're joined together. It wasn't until I started learning about email marketing and started really having a focus on why email marketing was so important, why it was critical for businesses to focus on it, did I understand the concept of lead marketing. Because I guess you could say that, sorry, about lead magnets, because I guess you could say that a lead magnet is the beginning. It's the pregnancy of email marketing. It gives birth to email marketing. Starting at the very beginning, I want to give you a really good example in day-to-day regular life of a lead magnet. When Houston, my little one, started on solid foods, my biggest fear, having never been a mother before, having never been responsible for feeding another human other than myself, my biggest fear was giving this child the wrong foods, the wrong size of food, and the wrong portion of food, and having him number one, choke. That was my biggest fear. Number two, not giving him the nutrition that he needed and having him suffer and become malnourished. Number three, giving him too much of the wrong food and having him struggle with his weight or cause health issues. I didn't want either of the, any of those three things to happen. And it was such a huge fear. So before, 
before he started on solid foods, I had done a lot of research. And during my pregnancy, I used that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, and I read it ahead of the months of my pregnancy. And then towards the sort of in my third trimester, I started reading What to Expect in Your First Year. And then I continued to read them. And actually, I still read them now. But I started to read ahead about solid foods. And there were so many different options. There was baby led weaning. There was like the traditional method. My mom told me about the method that she suggested. And everybody had an opinion. And of course, people had unsolicited opinions as well. Basically, it broke it down into the research that I was doing into the types of foods that baby should have, the portion sizes, what months to introduce them. And really, at the end of the day, as you all know, especially those of you with children, there are some basic guidelines and basic principles, and um, it's up to you. I consulted with his pediatrician. I continued to do my research. I knew the basics of what I needed to do. So one day when I was looking through Pinterest for ideas on how to keep up the variety, I already knew what I needed to feed him, how often I needed to feed him, and how much quantity-wise. I started looking towards how to keep it interesting, how to keep it colorful, how to keep him interested so that he didn't get bored and so that he didn't sort of gravitate towards one or two foods only. The last thing I wanted also was to create bad eating habits. So here I am worried about choking and malnourishment and creating bad eating habits, but I also didn't want a picky eater either. And so I went onto Pinterest to get some ideas on different lunch ideas and dinner ideas. And I came across a really cool download and it was basically a hundred foods a hundred food ideas to give your baby in their first year of solids. And I was like, what? That's so cool. And it was basically an infographic or a chart with visuals. And it literally showed the portion sizes to cut things into as well. So it was combinations. So obviously you could cut up a banana, but it was like, how about a banana and this? Or it was like combinations of two or three different things that I had never thought to pair together. And it was just all really whole foods, fresh foods that you could grab from the fridge or from the countertop. I loved it. So I took out the things that we didn't eat in our house. And here I had it, all of these amazing foods. Now, I could see visually what this chart looked like. But the cool thing was, it was able to be downloaded, printed, laminated, and put on your fridge or on the inside of a pantry. And you could also have a PDF version that you would keep on your phone or a JPEG version for when you went grocery shopping. And I thought, that's so cool. So to get this download, all I had to do was fill in my name and email address. Of course, I did it straight away because I was, you can probably hear the change in my voice. I was so excited. This was everything I wanted. It was the visual guidelines. So here I am panicking about like choke-sized things. So it was guiding me on how to cut it up. It was the nutritional emphasis that I was looking for, someone who cared as much about it as I did. But it was also the variety and the colors and the emphasis on health, that same emphasis on nutrition that I was looking for. Because listen, I had found a bunch of stuff about people trying to feed their kids cold cuts and bologna and mortadella. Like I'm not giving my one-year-old that. So to find someone who was like food aligned in the same way that I was, so happy to see that. I didn't want to give my kid Cheerios at that age. No disrespect to those who did, but it wasn't what I wanted. So I filled in my name, filled in my email address, and straight away I got the downloads. I was so happy. Then I got an email from the girl who had posted this on Pinterest saying, hey there, Sandra, hope you love the download. Just in case it didn't come straight through to you, here is a link where you can download it. I thought, great, I'm going to save this email. So I threw it into a folder that I had called baby things. Then at the bottom of that email, it said, if you're interested in anything else, and I can't remember the exact wording, it said, click here to go through to my shop. 
I didn't even read the whole sentence. I clicked on the shop and the shop went through to her shop. And inside of her shop, she had a whole lot of products. They were digital products. So basically things that I could download so I could pay for them and download. And they ranged in price from $5 through to $25. So here, this girl had written guides. She'd done infographics. She created charts. There were things to do with all kinds of different nutritional things. So basically, at the end of the day, she is a child nutritionist. That is her niche. Uh, So she's a nutritionist, a dietitian slash nutritionist. She has all of her qualifications. She has a lot of experience. And then her niche is in toddlers. She creates digital charts, booklets, and infographics, and she targets people like me. Her lead magnet was this chart that I signed up for. She sent me a welcome email. It had a link to her shop. And I began receiving weekly emails from her with tiny little tips. So I would get an email from her. I think it was like every, might have been like every Saturday afternoon. No, it was Saturday morning. That's right. And it's really clever that I got them on Saturday because most people do their grocery shop on a weekend. It was Saturday morning and just in time for the grocery shop, right? And it was Saturday morning and it would say, heading out to do the grocery shop this weekend, try picking up these three ingredients they make for great lunches and dinners and quick dinners for you. You get these weekly emails and basically it was a quick email saying, hey there, Sandra, try pick up these ingredients, click here to see them pulled together in a quick blog. And so then you would click the button, it would go through to her website where she'd have some pictures of the three ingredients as they come from the store and then the process of like putting them together. Super simple. And then the final product and some tips. I never unsubscribed. Even though I didn't follow them, I was always curious to see what would come the next week. I followed a couple of things. I shared them with my friends. I think I sent her Pinterest link to three or four friends who had babies around the same time. Some people that I met in our baby class at the hospital before we had Houston, we took a baby class. And I bought a ton of stuff from her shop. I sent some friends the link to her shop. Do you see what happened there? Her lead magnet, that thing that was so good that she could have charged for that. And that's what I want you to see there. Her lead magnet was so good that she could have charged for it, but she didn't. She gave it away for free because she had to prove herself. She had to prove her expertise. She had to prove her value. She had to show off how good she was. She then sent me this really sweet email saying, here it is. It felt like she was being of service for me just in case you weren't able to download it or you weren't directed automatically to it. I wanted to have it here. You could file it away somewhere safe. Gosh, that felt helpful, didn't it? And then a quick little link through to her shop. You don't have to beg me twice to go to a shop. And then I click through. And then each week, an email came. Now, we have this mindset of people don't want to get an email every week. It's so annoying. But when it's something you're interested in, when it's something that's of value to you, you do want to get an email every week. But you have a mindset. I know you do. You're sitting there thinking right now, I would never email people every week. It's so annoying. It's annoying if it's not what they want to hear. I will receive advice on the things that I find challenging. I will receive information on the things that I find exciting every week in my inbox. And if I no longer find them interesting or exciting, I will unsubscribe. That is a really good example of how she used a lead magnet to bring me into her community, how I then shared it. I think I probably put 10 people into her community. I know that my friend Juliet then told me, oh, she's really cool. I shared her with one of my other friends who's having a baby. And that was like a year and a half later, one of her friends had a baby. Now, we're going to take a quick break. 
And after the break, I want to talk to you about what you could create as a lead magnet that would really wow your audience, wow the people that you want to attract that have no idea that you even exist, the same way that I had no idea that she existed. We'll talk about what would work as a really great lead magnet for you, about that welcome letter that you're going to send out, that welcome email, just like she did, and about the importance of sending weekly content. And then in a couple of episodes time, we're going to start talking about that weekly content. I'm so excited for you because I think that when you look at a lead magnet this way, it makes it a lot easier to wrap your head around. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the types of lead magnets that you can use in your travel business. Be right back. I know you're loving this podcast episode and I'd really like to help you a little more to grow your travel business. Head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools for a list of my favorite productivity and creativity tools. I've listed out my favorite websites, apps, quizzes, cheat sheets, and resources. I have used every single one of them, and I know they're going to help you as you move closer to your goals. So whether you need to hire an extra set of hands or grab a checklist to keep you moving, I've got you covered. That's travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools. Let's get back to the podcast episode. There are two things that I find travel advisors struggle with when it comes to lead magnets. The first thing is figuring out what kind of lead magnet or the topic that it should be about. And the second thing is designing it. For now, let's not even worry about designing it. You know what my advice is? I'm going to squash that for you right now. You, 99% of you, are not designers. So in the same way that you expect people to not DIY their travel planning, don't be cheap. <laughs> Spend a little money and invest in getting a designer to either design a template for you that you can drop your content in. That's the most affordable way. Or to design, lay out your lead magnet content for you into one of their designs. Now, when it comes to the actual content itself, my absolutely number one suggestion is to brainstorm as many ideas as possible brain dump. Like I honestly have a list of maybe about 40 or 50 ideas for lead magnets for my business. And every time I come up with one, I just throw it in my phone. I don't think about whether or not it's a good idea, a great idea, or the best idea I ever had. And I never get fixated on one idea. You want to have that faucet of ideas, fountain of ideas, tap of ideas, my British English friends, continuously flowing. Have a list in your phone, whether you or not you use or in your notebook, and just continuously be adding to it. I'm going to give you some ideas in a second. Always be adding to it. Firstly, you want to start out with one good lead magnet. However, my goal for you is to have multiple lead magnets out there, all bringing in as many people as you can. The more fishing rods that you have in the lake, the more fish you'll catch. Okay? You only want to catch one kind of fish though, and that fish is your ideal client. But the more different types of bait you have, the more different rods you have, the more number of rods you have, the more fish that you'll catch. If you just have one rod in the lake, you'll still catch fish, but it'll just be a slower process to be able to build up an email list of the type of clients that you want to have that want to buy the type of travel that you want. So in the beginning, just get a lead magnet out there. Get it good. Get a high converting lead magnet. Get it looking right. Get it of high quality test it by talking to people who are your ideal clients, not other travel advisors. 
people who are your ideal clients, and then get it out there. Make sure, of course, that you're promoting it. If your lead magnet is not working, the next episode tells you how to fix that. So if your lead magnet is broke, go to episode 10. Let's talk about the topics for your lead magnet. The first thing that you need to know is if you think back to that PDF chart that I downloaded for Houston or for me to help Houston with his first foray into solid foods, remember how I felt or think about how I felt when I found it. I felt a sense of relief. I felt like I had finally found an answer to what I was looking for. I felt like I had found an expert that I could trust. I felt excited. I felt like someone was speaking my language, even though she was an expert and I wasn't. I felt like we were connecting, like, oh, this is information I can connect with. It's written in a way that I get. That's what I mean by speaking my language. She was the expert and I wasn't, but she was speaking a language that I could understand. It was visually pleasing to me, the way that she was promoting it. And so from what I could see, she'd done some mock-ups of it so I could kind of see what it looked like. I couldn't read it, but I could see what it looked like. I felt like she was showing up just for me. I felt like she'd kind of just dropped into my universe at exactly the right time in the right place. It felt so relevant to where I was right then and there. Think about some things that you have downloaded or found and think about how they made you feel. And if you can't think of anything, go back through your inbox and have a look at people that send you emails or have a look, go through Facebook right now, not right now, like at the end of this episode, and have a look at some of the ads that get your attention. Why do you stop scrolling? Or look through Instagram. Why do certain ads get your attention? Look at the ads that make you want to click on them. Why would they make you want to click on them? I saw an ad for a house freshener and air, not a freshener, like a scent diffuser the other day. And I just wanted to click on it. What made me want to click on it? The image stopped me from scrolling because the image is what stops you from scrolling. I teach you about that in the next episode. But the words made me want to click on it. The image stops you from scrolling or the video and the words make you want to click. And I did click. And then I clicked through to the website. And then I went back and looked at the Instagram. And then I went and read the testimonials. And today I'm going to buy it. It's a big investment, but I'm so excited because I've done my research. It's exactly what I want. Exactly what I want. It's exactly the right time. It's exactly what I need in my home. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I did buy a product. It's not really working out the way that I want it. And this meets all of my needs. Now, what's really cool is that I also signed up for their lead magnet about a week ago and I got their welcome email. I got the lead magnet, which was actually a coupon for 20% off. You would never do a coupon, but it was a coupon for 20% off. And I've been receiving a couple of emails from them. I've received two weekly emails from them since then. Last week's email and I just got this week's email. And it was the kind of information that I really, really needed. One was how to distribute scent in a house that is not open plan, that's maybe two levels or that's not so open plan. And number two was about the safety of scents with pets and kids. Perfect. It knocked out both of my objections and straight away I'm ready to buy. So now let's talk about lead magnet ideas for you. Your lead magnet has to be relevant to your ideal client. Yes, of course your lead magnet is something they could Google. So was the list of foods. I could Google that. But it was presented in a way that your audience would be like, wow, all the information I'd love to know in one place. So let me give you some examples. If you do destination weddings, you might do a forecast of the top 15 destinations to get married in 2023 and 2024. 
you wouldn't do this year. You do 2023, 2024. So I'm recording this in 2022. So if you're listening to this in 2023, maybe you do 2024 and 2025. You might break that down into five in the Caribbean and maybe five in Europe and five exotics like Bali, Australia, places like that for your bigger budget uh, destination weddings. You would talk about why they are so good, about the types of experiences your guests would have and how they are unique destinations and why you pick them for your list. If you do honeymoons, you might talk about 25 destinations to put on your honeymoon list and why. Honeymoon shortlist and why. That's a good one. 25 destinations to put on your honeymoon shortlist and why. And then you might do a grid and you might list out all 25. It doesn't have to be something to read. You might list out all 25 and then at the top, you might do romance factor and it might be like a four out of 10. You might do activity, active activities and adventure, two out of 10, nine out of 10. And then you go through and you score them all. And then a couple can sit down and say, wow, Jamaica is like a six out of 10 for this, a two out of 10 for this, a 10 out of 10 for this. You know what I mean? So you would go through and you would give each of these a score. Somewhere like Jamaica is not going to score super high for high-end shopping, for example, because it's not what it's known for, but it would score really well for adventure, okay? Somewhere like Italy is going to score really high for food and wine, right? And it would score really high for high-end shopping, but it might not score as high as another destination for adventures, adventure activities. It has some, but it might not score as high as another destination. You might do a list of the top six river cruise itineraries. If you love an ocean cruise, here are top six itineraries that you should try on river cruising and why. There's so many different things that you could do that would really make someone who is your ideal client curious. But here's the thing. It's got to be worth them giving their name and their email address. Nobody's going to sign up for a lead magnet that tells you what to pack in your carry-on. No one's going to sign up for a lead magnet that tells you five things to think about for your destination wedding planning. And it's like, oh, make sure you think about who to invite. Make sure you think about how much money you want to spend. Make sure you think about what time of year you want to get married. Yes, that's helpful, but you want to go really in-depth in that. You want to then give them a little advice. So if you want to list those things, tell them, say, make sure you think about what time. Why? Because airfare is for your guests and this and shoulder seasons are going to be lower, which means it's more likely your guests can attend because resorts in this time period are often fully booked because of spring breaks, which means you'll get a better deal during this period. So you want to go through and give even more information and then it's going to be easier also for you to promote it. The easiest way and the fastest way to get a good lead magnet out there is to do some kind of a PDF. So it can be a checklist, it can be a chart, or it can be an article. There are other types of lead magnets you can do. You could do a video, you could do an audio recording just like this, or you could do a quiz if you're a little more technologically adventurous or you're willing to pay someone to do it. But most importantly, make sure that it's so good, just like that food chart. It's so good that the person you are targeting, who is your ideal client that wants to book the type of travel that you want to sell, that it is a no-brainer for them, that they look at it and they have those feelings just like I had that day when I found that food chart, just like that couple that just got engaged who was looking and saying, oh my gosh, look, the top 15 destinations to put on our shortlist for a destination wedding, or here's 25 things that you need to decide before you commit to a destination wedding. Not 25 things I need to know for planning, 
How about 25 things that I need to know before we decide to commit to a destination wedding? Or maybe the couple who's already engaged you're targeting for their honeymoon. Here's 40 destinations to add to your honeymoon shortlist. I know plenty of people who got married over the last few years that really struggled to pick a destination. Maybe it's families, 10 places to travel with your teens before they head off to college and a short list of experiences to have with them that'll forge amazing connections. So just really think about what your audience wants. And when you've got that idea, before you even start writing things out, ask someone who is your ideal client, would this be of interest to you? If not, what would be? I will be back in the next episode to give you some advice, some tips, and some very specific, really good information on what to do if once you put your lead magnet out into the world, if it's not converting the way that you want it. I'll see you in the next episode. If this podcast episode resonated with you and you'd like to hear more, head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash podcast to get notified about new episodes and also listen to any that you may have missed. And if you'd like to ask a question about this episode, you can send it there for me to answer on a live Q&A. We'll see you in the next episode.